Rebels Recap. Join the hosts of Brick City Blockade as they break down the animated universe of a galaxy far, far away. All right, Star Wars Rebels fans. Star Wars Rebels is back. And that means that the Brick City Blockade Star Wars podcast, Rebels Recap, is back. So we're excited to be back for another season for the final season of Star Wars Rebels, the fourth and final season. So we're going to end this season with a bang and in a different format going forward. Last year, it was myself, Brian Fontaine, and Robin Vogt. We brought in Scott Inch at the end, but we're such big fans of Star Wars Rebels at the Brick City Blockade that we're going to do a roundtable each week. The cast of characters is going to change, but the fun to be had for all of our listeners is going to be there. So this week, talking about Heroes of Mandalore, part one and two, kicking off season four, I've got a very cantina feel to the the roundtable this week. So I've got my good friends, Jim Roberge and Christopher James Letty, aka Vintage Viewport. So guys, how's it going? Great. Great. Glad to be here. Awesome. I just I like we're recording this about a week after it aired. So we've all had plenty of time to maybe watch it more than once. See Mm -hmm. some of the great episode guide stuff that are on like StarWars.com, our friends over at Wikipedia.com. So we we aren't here to give you a full recap of what it is. We're just talking about like really what got us excited about this episode and what we're really looking forward to. That's going to be the format going forward. What is everybody's favorite moment from the episode and, and what do we have for questions or, or just things that we want to talk about, you know, leading into this this final season. So we're talking Heroes of Mandalore part one and two. This originally aired, or part one, excuse me, originally aired on April 15, 2017 at Star Wars Celebration. And the people that watched that were left with an insanely big cliffhanger. And then the rest of us were able to watch this on October 16, 2017. The directors for this on part one were Stuart Lee, part two was Saul Ruiz, and the writers were Henry Gilroy, Bringing the Thunder in part one, and then we had Stephen Melching and Christopher Yost in part two. Before we even talk, if you're still listening now, this is your spoiler warning. We're going to start talking about spoilers and and some of our favorite stuff. So guys, let's just just kick this off. Chris, I'm going to throw it to you first. What was like okay. your favorite moment from both of these? Ep- We're just going to combine both these episodes together. What was like your favorite moment from both these okay. episodes? My favorite part was uh, the rescue sequence with the uh, troop transports and trying to get Sabine's dad, get him into uh, back into their hands, out of the uh, Imperials' hands. But uh, yeah, that was my favorite part. Really, it was Kanan's showing his Jedi skills jumping around from uh, speeder over to the transports, definitely seeing, seeing some Jedi action, the lightsaber, uh, then also antics jumping around, jumping around and, and slicing lightsabers down the center of those transports was pretty much that. That was my favorite part that really stuck out with me. Well, of course you like the troop transports being you, uh, the vintage, the vintage collector out of all of us here. So I know, I know I had to, I had to sneak that in. That was a nice (laughs) homage. It's, uh, it's cool to see that stuff in animation form when, uh, you know, it didn't stuff that's kind of outside the, the original trilogy, some of those vintage toys. It's it's cool that they, they think of us fans and collectors and, and kind of sneak that stuff in. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. I love, I really love that sequence. So did get to meet. Sabine's dad, Ulrich Wren. Mm-hmm. And it was 
it was a little interesting too where I, I like that they made him kind of kind of like the pacifist the 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 non mandalorian warrior kind of a little bit of maybe back to a, a homage to duchess satine crazy who we got to see mm-hmm. bo katan and I, I will fully admit I'm not much of a, a Mandalorian fan just in general, but mm-hmm. just looking back to the Clone Wars series and to see Bo-Katan back, it was just a great fan moment there. So lots of good stuff there. So Jim, what was your favorite moment from these two episodes? Chris actually uh, brought up the same exact one that I had on my list. Yeah, I thought that Figures, sequence right? was really well done. Yeah, I know. It's always the it, whoever goes first, it's guaranteed the next guy is probably going to have the same thing to say. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I thought the scene, and for a lot of the reasons that Chris mentioned, because you know, one of the things that I really like about the Star Wars franchise is they kind of do a great job of combining action and at the same time getting some humor in there. And that's what that sequence was. I mean, it was great action. There was a little bit of drama going on, just as far as were they going to rescue uh, Sabine's father or not. And uh, then at the same time, there's Ezra kind of all over the place on a swoop bike and jumping here and there. And it was just the right amount of comic relief and kind of reminded me in a way of like a Marvel movie, you know, where they just have that right amount of humor underneath it. And to see that in a in an episode or two of an animated series, I think just speaks to how well this series has been done over the last couple of years. And, and Jim, while we're kind of talking about it, we don't obviously didn't have the chance to have you on when we were talking season three and, and just maybe just for our listeners benefit. I mean, you, you basically binge watched a lot of these to get current so that you could talk with us about season four here. So just maybe a little bit of you, you watched a lot of episodes in a short period of time. And now you're now you're technically live with the rest of us. Well, how does that feel? Don't know why it took me so long. That's pretty much, <laughs> that's what it comes down to it. I should have been onto it from the beginning, kind of gave me a push and said, you know how into the original trilogy I am. And you pretty much said, yeah, you, you got to watch this. And it was the right prescription really, because um, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed all of it. And really, I, I kind of feel like from the middle of season one, maybe the, you know, the, the last quarter of season one on the show's hit its stride and it, it really hasn't looked back that much. There hasn't been many episodes where I felt like it was almost a throwaway where you see in a lot of shows. I feel like for the most part, there's always some part of a major storyline being pushed forward, which is something I want in a show. Yeah, it was funny. I think it was on Rebels Recon, the StarWars.com. You know, they had Andy Gutierrez talking with Dave Filoni in that. And it was funny, just the the humor there. And Dave just loves messing with us as Star Wars fans. <laughs> and I just love, I know Robin and I a lot last season would talk about, you know, the, the dreaded F word on, on the Rebels recap. And it's the filler and and you're right Jim I think a lot of those things where they even joked about it with Dave Filoni he's like there's always a purpose to every episode and yeah I definitely I definitely agree with that so you know I overall this episode was really good you know start to finish I'm, I'm both glad luckily okay I won't make it three for three I did have something a little <laughs> bit different but just the opening of this episode it just hit us right from the top and I had the benefit of going last, so I can just kind of recap a little bit of it and get to like my main point. But just the action with the ATDPs and the assault, and you see Mandalorians in action, the jetpacks, and you both mentioned it with the just the hijinks that Ezra had trying to control his his jetpack. And if you believe Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter or not, 
basically you control your jetpack by clenching your your derriere basically <laughs> so that was that was pretty funny so you know they had the attempted rescue at, at the beginning they they ended up finding that they were going to be transporting uh, her father to the capital of sundari on on mandalore there i i can see where those that were able to see this first episode at star wars celebration where they just really thought that they were going for it in season four here. And, and I can't disagree. Even myself having the benefit of having the iTunes season pass and, and watching these episodes back to back, first thing Monday morning, eating my breakfast last week. <laughs> and just the the weight that you feel, just that that dread when you when you thought, spoiler alert, you thought that the the weapon that Sabine had created actually was ultimately what was going to take out her mother and her brother Tristan. And even watching it a couple minutes later, it was like, even those couple minutes in between episodes, I just, my mind started going like, oh my God, what is this going to mean for, you know, Sabine and her character? And she's already dealing with so much. And, you know, luckily they just came back with a proverbial, uh, just kidding. But I, I think it's also <laughs> important to know too, that like most of her clan was, was wiped out and, and just, in brutal fashion, we we'll talk a little bit maybe about Sabine and her immaturity at the Imperial Academy. She she made this weapon, which she joked was another bad decision, calling it the Duchess. You know, trying to you know do a play on word, and and that was uh, you know that was a little bit of a comedic part to this. But they go and and Tiber Saxon, who is the was the brother of Gar Saxon and Clan Saxon, and they're trying to instill that imperial rule over Mandalore and, and trying to get that weapon back. But the my favorite moment in a long story as I kind of get to that point was really the arrival of Bo-Katan and, and Clan Crazy in this in this episode. And if I said that wrong, I apologize. Like I said, I'm not a, a big Mandalore. It's just not my specialty. But initially when Sabine tried to give her the Darksaber and Bo-Katan basically refused it and I remember even talking with Robin last season about we speculated that maybe even Bo-Katan could be related to Sabine. And ultimately, she decided to not take up that mantle. But the thing that really got me about this episode was the passing of the sword to Bo-Katan. And Kevin Kiner did such a good job with the audio cue. And if you go over to StarWars.com, you can actually listen to the full track. And it has hints and overtones of... I hate to say that Darksaber has a theme, but I think the Darksaber has a theme. And Kevin Kiner just said <laughs> so awesome with that. I, I definitely got a, very emotional at that, that final scene when Bo-Katan took up the mantleship of being the leader of Mandalore, being there where her sister, the Duchess the Teen, Crazy, that back to when Obi-Wan and, and Maul. And it just, I feel like it tied a good bow on that arc. What do you guys think? <laughs> No play on words there. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. As of recent, I've been re-watching and I'm literally right at the end of season five and Bo-Katan is a major part of that, that story arc in that season. So her seeing her come back and be willing to aid Clan Wren and, and join up with the other clans it's a really good sign for, for Mandalore. I'm just curious to see how much more of a part that she and, and Mandalore is going to play in the rest of the season. 
I know we got hints that we're going to see a lot of Mandalorians, but I don't know if it's just going to be the first part of this season or if it's just going to continue throughout. I'm curious to see what bows, uh, what, what comes of her character and how the rest of the uh, Mandalorians, if they accept her in that role. Jim, do you think this is the last we see of Bo-Katan and the Mandalorians here in season four, or do you think this is going to be something that's going to continue? It's funny, I was was thinking about the Mandalorians' part in building the Rebellion. I mean, that's really what this show is about, right? The beginnings of the Rebellion and and how it came together. And if we're just going to go off of existing movie material, and even probably to a lesser extent, some of the newer books that are out there that take place Mm -hmm. before uh, some of the newer movies, such as Rogue One, there's not really a large Mandalorian presence or any Mandalorian presence. So uh, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to have a heavier presence in this show and maybe make some type of very large sacrifice in order for the rebellion to continue and prosper and become what it is in in later, uh, excuse me, movies just because there isn't a lot of uh, Mandalore presence in the Rebellion and anything that we've ever seen in this part of the timeline and going forward. No, those are all great points. My my hunch is this is the the last we see of them in this season. I feel like there's, I, I feel like this told a very important story. If you pull out all of the Sabine episodes that we had in season three, and I, and I just, myself, I went back and, and rewatched them all and they just did such a good job. You know, they're going from Trials of the Dark Saber to showing Sabine on her home planet and and reconnecting with her family and ultimately them coming back in zero hour and, and kind of saving the day basically for the rebellion that maybe they come back in, in like the season finale. But I think there's so much to tell. And and we kind of transitioning into our final topic is of what our biggest questions kind of going forward. And, and now to me. I'm getting the sense that we're getting closure on Sabine's backstory a little bit, and that we're going to start to work on a little bit more about, I feel like this is going to be very, although this, I would, some would argue that, uh, or some might not argue that Ezra is the main character of Rebels, and that we're kind of seeing the rebellion through his eyes, that there's a lot to wrap up. I mean, basically, I could have this totally wrong, but I was under the understanding that there's only 16 episodes in season four. We just got two down. There's another two coming and we've seen an early preview of it. Jimmy just mentioned it in the name of the rebellion. And it, we're going to see Saw Gerrera and Mon Mothma go toe to toe. And, and I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to, even if I just look ahead to this next week, that to see why there's such a splinter between those two and you can tell it's a little bit about their their styles, but even in the preview that we saw leading into this episode, where you see that that fire in Mon Mothma's belly, and you even see Saab be like, "All right, let's see this all the time." And talking about, you both mentioned kind of the expanded novels and everything that we've seen, and we do see a further fleshing out of mon mothma's character in, in a lot of the aftermath books and etc and i just uh that's i think this is going to be really fascinating no i agree i think that's really as far as the the second question as to what my expectations are going forward that's what i want to see is i'm kind of good with the closure of uh, sabine's backstory now i feel like it's gotten an adequate amount of time and if anything i've just been itching to get back to the story of how the the rebellion moves forward and and becomes what we see later on 
And that's probably the part of the story besides Ezra and uh, Kanan that I found most satisfying while watching this show is just seeing various splinter groups uh, come together and form this loose rebellion and then start to solidify. And you see how their base grows and, you know, everything they had to fight for from just getting a ship to, to carry their, their fighters that they stole in an earlier episode from one of the other seasons. And, and just seeing little things like that and the smaller victories and kind of snowball into a larger thing. And I'm ready to get back to that. I enjoyed the Mandalore uh, storyline but I, I'm definitely just ready to get back and to see more of the inner workings and growth of the rebellion in these remaining episodes. And you forgot to mention Thrawn. Thrawn's very important. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. You know, I have to I have to mention something about this episode that I found really funny, and it's one of those like major just plot holes where you look at it, and it's she built a weapon that would fry anybody in Mandalorian armor. And so they have this attack group go in to destroy the weapon, which consisted of what, like eight people or 10 people? Except there were two people. They just got on the Star Destroyer so easily. They got on really easily. And then two of them were Jedi, and those were the only two not wearing Mandalorian armor. So who do they send to go actually blow up the, the weapon? two people wearing Mandalorian armor and the Jedi just go to get to work on the computers. I'm like, hey, doesn't it stand to reason that maybe the people going near this thing should be the ones that can't get fried by it? I just, I was like, I couldn't get past that while watching the ending. I know. But, sorry, okay, moving on. The little things, yeah. you know? The little things, yeah. Chris, what are, what are you thinking going forward? I mean, I'm, I'm right on the same page as Jim as far as the feelings with Sabine's story. I don't know if there's a whole lot more to tell with her story, I mean, there may be more for Bo-Katan and, and the direction the Mandalorians go. Kind of with you guys, your your ideas popping out. I think the Mandalorians, like, this might be it for the first half of the season. And I think they'll be back the next half of the to uh, join the fight in some capacity. But really, um, getting all the, the rebel cells unified to some extent and preparing themselves for the bigger battle. I think every, every step of the way is just going to get bigger. Xar and Thrawn's going to try to combat that in every way possible. It's, it's tough. It's tough to say exactly what's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see how much of a part Saw Gerrera has because Mon Mothma definitely, they've got a different style in their direction. So I think there's going to be splits, the direction that the different cells go, but I think there's a lot, a lot to tell in such a short amount of time and it's going to be fun. It's going to be really exciting and I'm already looking forward to it. And it's just, with, with so much Star Wars going now, we've, you know, we've been talking as a podcast network about Battlefront 2 coming out. We just got the, the trailer for yep. The Last Jedi that we broke down. We're back to getting weekly Star Wars content. I can't, under, underline that enough i mean it's it's just really exciting i'm really looking forward to being back with our rebels recap and getting different opinions we'll get robin vote on here as well we'll get scott inch we'll get sean misho we're going to get a lot of us on here and just be able to share our experience and what we really enjoy about this and, and not to tell you exactly what happened as we say all the time go watch it for yourselves and, and, and find out what you really enjoy about it and, and, and take away, uh, you know, as a fan of what you like and, and you dislike and are all the episodes going to be perfect? Absolutely not. But I think you can at least find something that you like about all of them. And that's what makes this show great. So guys, I think it's, 
It's about that time. I think we're ready for mm-hmm. some plug time. So Chris, I'm gonna throw it over to you first. Sure thing. Christopher James Letty, Vintage Viewport on Instagram and Twitter and Hasbro. Let's make some more Rebels action figures, please. Yes. To put that in there. Amen. Jim. You can find me on Twitter at Red5Jim and actually uh, on our YouTube uh, channel, you can see the Musings from the Dark Side, which actually I was working on the second episode right before we started recording. So that should be coming out soon. Excellent. Good stuff. And awesome. you can and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Scavenger SW. Head on over to BrickCityBlockade.com for any of the articles that we've got going on, any news or, or whatnot. And make sure you head over to Google Play, iTunes, go and leave a review. It's one of the best ways that you can help spread the word about what we're doing here and spreading our positive message. And it helps others find find the podcast. And it also helps us with exposure to get really good guests on. And Robin is great about really great interviews and, and just getting the enthusiasm and the positive side of the Star Wars galaxy that we all know and love. So... For Christopher James Letty, for Jim Robers, this is Brian Fontaine. We're going to sign off. And as we always say, may the force be with you. Always. Always. Always.